Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, 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 and welcome to the Fuck It Up Comedy Club podcast. I'm your host, Kima Bob, and you are now tuned in to an unapologetic celebration of comedians of color who are now cis men. Now, this is simply an opportunity to hear dope stuff. <laughs> what stuff? <laughs> Specifically stand-up comedy. From who? Love the comedians. And to get to know them a little bit better. And I am honored to be joined in this episode by Kiran Sagu, Nayanika Ghosh, and Helena Blackwell. And we are talking about um, origins, how we got started in the comedy game. Um, but before we get into that, um, I had to get my update because this episode was recorded the day that Liz Truss left office. Uh, and basically what happened is I took a nap and everything was bad, but better. And then I woke up and then everything was uh, worse. And then we need a new prime minister. Uh, so <laughs> ask the audience to uh, let me know what was going on. Anyway, let's get into it. Beautiful audience of 21 Soho, please whoop, cheer, clap, and hoot if you would like for your host for the evening, Kima Bob! This is the Films of Color Comedy Club, a.k.a. the Fuck It Up Comedy Club. And what we do here is simple. It is just an unapologetic celebration of comedians of color who are not cis men. Thank you. But, guys, before we get into it, um, it seems like your country is falling apart. Is that... Am I picking up on things? Okay. <laughs> It seems like uh, th- things are bad. Something, something, a lettuce. I just... I just... And um, I feel like some of you will share this sentiment. It's hard to keep up with all the news. Um, and I live in a country that is not mine. Like, that's what I'm supposed to know. And now I'm here, and there's a parliament. And I just don't understand any of it. And people are throwing shade at the good gentleman across the aisle and this and that and here, here. And I just, it's a lot. It's insane. Uh, It's very fun. But what that means is um, in my struggle to keep up, sometimes I just opt to not. Um, Is this relatable content? It's a lot going on. There's so many. The world, so bad all the time. But if you ignore it, then it's kind of good. Um... But we can't do that. And today I woke up to find that um, our girl Liz, right? (laughs) Sad. Our girl Liz is gone. And I just 
Woo, indeed. <laughs> but I'm so confused, because it feels like, it feels like she just got here. <laughs> like I was just learning that bitch's name. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Now she doesn't have a job anymore, and I'm very confused by it. And I was wondering if you guys could uh, help educate me. And it probably seems like I'm trying to do some kind of bit where I'm like, oh, uh, adult comedian uh, pretends not to know anything, but I'm not. Uh, I genuinely don't know what's going on. Did Liz get fired? And feel free to chime in. Did she get fired? Or did she, she, she quit? Okay, so she resigned. Okay, but there was a bit of, okay, so Liz resigned, but there was a bit of yes around, did she get fired? Do you feel like she was pressured to resign? Or do you feel like she was like, oh, this is too much? <laughs> Yeah. She did her job so shitly that she resigned before she could be fired. Okay, so she was doing her job so shitly that she resigned before she could be fired because she felt like it was coming. Do you think she saw the tweet about the lettuce and she was like, they're right. <laughs> she was like, they know something that I don't know. Um, and I saw recently that my, um, my home currency, my home currency of the doll hair, uh, seems to be doing really well. Um, at the moment, uh, sorry, it feels like I'm bragging or something. Um, in comparison to the pound, um, was that a, a Liz vibe? Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, Liz, she really was doing a bad job, wasn't she? Oh, God, okay. Okay, I saw recently that there was a man, Quasi Quartang, who left. Um, and I don't know how to feel about him because... I, I, I love uh, black people in leadership, but <laughs> I don't know if he was doing a good job either. Um, and it's just about no, no, we got a black no. Oh no. Oh. Okay. He he did the pound. How? Do you know how he did the pound? Wait, 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 wait. Okay. Would you mind? Could you explain it with the microphone? Would you mind? Sorry, I can tell I won't be able to repeat this. And we love you and we appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, what is Hi. your name? A beautiful person. Oh, thank you. I'm perfectly fascinating. Okay, okay. You have to keep it a secret because you work for Quasi Corte. <laughs> Woo! Ah, they work for the government. No, no, no. Um, basically, there's like different tax rates depending on how much you earn and there's like a top sorry I'm like saying it in a very dry way but there's like a top stack rate for like super rich like bankers yeah like whatever yeah he was like no we're gonna like abolish that so like you know rich people keep more of their money what yeah yeah <laughs> and then basically it means that we're not gonna have like enough tax money to like fund stuff yeah because you need right? to get money from people to do stuff that yeah, happens yeah, yeah like healthcare and stuff so that's like a crash because like there's like, also because apparently he was like drinking with like his really rich friends and they were kind of like yeah I think they, they were like Quasi, you know it would be so cool, bro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, like, let me keep my money. Yeah, yeah, that's basically what happens. Oh, my gosh, that is so spicy. Yeah. So that action, that action of being, like, the tax thing. Yeah. <laughs> Just imagine, like, I'm, like, a serious journalist. Those actions with the tax thing now, and the, the pound is, like, meow. Yeah. Wow. I think there are some other things too, but obviously it's been a lot, so it's, as you say, it's hard to keep up. Wow, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh my God. He also got the job because he was driving with the truck. Oh! 
that for those of you at home who wouldn't have heard, but have just heard everyone go like, ooh, what had happened was there's some tea. Um, allegedly, word at number 10 is Quasley got the job because he was doing it with Liz. Spicy. Oh, but now I like support her because, like, I don't know, I just feel like. Like, I feel like there are a lot of um, women who've been told, who have been accused of trying to fuck their way to the top. And this isn't true. And I think it's very exciting. Like, you go, Quasi. You eat that pussy for a job. (laughs) Eat that pussy for a job! Some of you will know that we're co-produced by the Guilty Feminist, and I think in my last statement you can see that this is not the same podcast. (laughs) Eat that pussy for a job! (laughs) Oh, I'm so sorry about your country, so sorry about the pound. Oh, so fun. Wow. Um, It's great. And is everyone keeping warm at home? Okay. (laughs) Sad. Um, look, but we're going to make it, okay? Because I believe in us. And I can just tell. (laughs) There's something about the vibe in this room. I don't know. I just, I wish you the best in the Hunger Games. Um, But tonight, tonight is not about that. Tonight is about joy. Tonight is about celebration. It's also about getting real about how fucked up shit is. Mm, We can't not. Okay, so I'm going to bring an act onto the stage. I'm really excited to do so. Like me, this person was originally from America, but is now uh, blessed to live in this delightful nation and uh, to be able to have things like sausage rolls. Uh, and I think that's great, and I celebrate that for them. Um, so as if you were seeing the inventor of uh, your national food of choice, the sausage roll, uh, I want you to applaud this person coming to the stage as if not only they invented the sausage roll, but they were also like, tastes good with ketchup. Because uh, quite frankly, that's the work of a genius. On three, we're going to whoop chain go crazy for Kieran Sagu. Watch it Let's go. I, I'm Karen. Uh, nice to meet you guys. How we doing? Karen is an Indian name. It has Sanskrit origin. It means a ray of light. I know we've just met, but it's really fitting. <laughs> but ever since I got to Ingerland, shout out Ingerland, um, everybody wants to call me Kieran. I think it's like an Irish name. It has like Celtic origin. I think it means like something along the lines of like ex-rugby society member. That's <laughs> uh, not me. <laughs> I'm Karen. Or if you want to be ethnic about it, it's Kirin. I love them when people say it back to me. <laughs> Don't give me horny. Okay, uh, well. Uh, and I want to be ethnic about it. I do. These days, I want to be ethnic about it. I've been inspired. I've been inspired by Davide from Love Island. <laughs> that man did not dilute his accent for anybody. <laughs> my parents wanted me to get in closer touch with my culture, though. So they brought me here (laughs) to white people's headquarters for some reason. I feel like what they actually meant by getting me in closer touch with my culture, 
that meant getting me in closer touch with my colonizer. <laughs> I don't think they realized exactly how close I got with my colonizers. <laughs> I'm talking about fucking white dudes. Sausage roll. I'm trying to stop. <laughs> I'm trying to stop. I just, it's just, to be honest, I don't really date English guys. <laughs> Something about the accent just bugs me out. Honestly, it does. I feel like in bed they'd call me a savage, but they wouldn't mean it in the Megan the Stallion way. <laughs> they'd mean it in the Winston the Churchill way. <laughs> I've been in England a long time though. I've been here 10 years. Can you believe that? It's my decade run. Um, I know what you're thinking. Why do you sound like this? <laughs> the answer is reality TV. Um, the thing is like everybody here thinks I sound like fresh off the boat from the States. But when I go back to the States, my friends treat me like that prick that took their study abroad term too far. <laughs> you know, I'll be like, oh guys, should we just, should we just take the lift? I'm like, oh, should we just take the lift? Okay, Amelie. <laughs> should we also go to the cinema and watch a film? Um, I'm a tall woman. Any tall women in tonight? Ooh, love that. I love being tall. Do you like being tall? Yeah, I do too. I love seeing the fear in men's eyes when I put on a pair of heels. <laughs> it's nice. It's nice. But I still want to feel like cute, being tall. I still want to feel cute. So I'll do things to delude myself into feeling cute. <laughs> like after sex with a guy, I'll like try on his clothes. <laughs> I think I'm gonna like drown in it. <laughs> Where did I go? <laughs> I'm drowning in an ocean of your masculinity. <laughs> and then I'll pull up those trousers and they'll just like fit. <laughs> They'll just fit perfectly. I'm like, I've never had cheek support like this. <laughs> you know how fucking humiliating it is for a man you're having a one night stand with his trousers to fit you better than your Zara boyfriend jeans? <laughs> There's layers of irony to that. Anybody dating an English man? At the time, we're so ashamed of it. <laughs> I get why, I get why. I, found, I feel like I've discovered something about English men that the rest of the world doesn't know about them. What I have found is that I don't think Englishmen are romantic. But everywhere across the world, they think they're romantic. It's like somewhere along the way, the word passive got confused for passion. <laughs> Tom Holland's carrying all of them. It's ridiculous. They can't even say something simple. They can't say something simple like, hey, I really enjoyed like, spending time with you tonight. I really enjoyed like, having dinner with you tonight. The most romantic thing an English guy has said to me was like, Nah, tonight was a good shout, to be fair. <laughs> to be fair to who? Am I in the magistrates? Fighting my case? It's ridiculous. Dating's really hard anyway as a, as a, as a female comic because I find that like, whenever I tell a straight man something he perceives as like an alpha trait, something switches in his brain. <laughs> Where he's just like... Zhoop. I must compete. <laughs> I told this guy I was seeing recently that I started doing stand-up comedy. He's like a proper London guy. And his response was like... <laughs> comedy, yeah? 
okay. <laughs> okay. Comedy. He's like, you know, I am a bit of a funny man myself. <laughs> Swear. Okay. <laughs> He's like, when I tell a joke, when I tell a story to the man them, yeah, they be busting up laughing. I was like, is this one of those stories? Because this is fucking terrible. He's like, you need to work on your brand. I'm talking Instagram, photos, pictures. I was like, those are both the same thing. <laughs> I can't take brand advice from this man. This man once pronounced the brand Hermes as Herms. <laughs> that rhymes with worms, you guys. It's fucking crazy. Uh, I've been thinking a lot lately. Oh my God, intellectual, I know. Um, I've been thinking a lot lately about like the person I want to be. And I've decided. I want to be the girl who's only in town for the weekend. <laughs> that bitch is always having a good time. She doesn't have time not to have a good time. She's only here for the weekend. Everybody gets shots for her. They're like, oh my God, girls, don't fight. Jemima's only in town for the weekend. She can like come into town and like shag everybody's boyfriends and just like fuck off. Like the real reason I'm having a bad time is because I stick around long enough to be held accountable. <laughs> I don't really like that. Also, if you tell a guy you're only in town for the weekend, he will fuck you better than you've ever been fucked before. Because <laughs> he thinks he doesn't have to see you again. And he feels like he's repping for his city. <laughs> it's his premier league before the knee injury. <laughs> before he dies and he takes it real serious, he'll be like, this is for London! And then he still can't find your clip. <laughs> yeah. And I leave you with this. Uh, it's a dad joke. <laughs> I say that because my dad said it. Um, my dad's a really cool guy. He's, he's a man of very few words. And one time he said to me, and I'll never forget this, he said to me, get in. And I'll never forget that. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. I've been Karen Sagu. exciting news that I want to celebrate with you guys. I've had a really big month. Last month, after 23 years, I found the courage to come out to my mother as bisexual. No, 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 don't cheer for that. Look at the state of me. Feminine, melanin, half a lesbian. That's everyone on the lineup tonight. Me coming out, that's not special. <laughs> but here's the thing. I thought that coming out was going to give me this newfound sense of purpose and inner peace and energization but it gave me a nervous breakdown. <laughs> or as I'm now calling it, a bi-identity crisis. <laughs> so what happened was, a couple of years ago, I fell for a girl. All the standard reasons was she was pretty, funny, smart, but she was straight. So there was nothing I could do. She was straight. There was nothing I could do. There was nothing she could do. There was nothing any of you could do. There was nothing a hypnotist could do. I tried. <laughs> there wasn't like a straight conversion therapy I could send it to. I checked. She was straight. <laughs> but it's okay, because I have a mantra for situations like this. If you fall for a straight girl, you can't bend her, befriend her. 
Because <laughs> you must never, ever try to push people out of their sexual comfort zone. But you can power move them into the friend zone before anyone gets hurt. <laughs> so I best friended her. We became attached at the hip. She had my Netflix password. I had her mum on Facebook. Best friends. So eventually when I move on, find a new love interest. Also straight, but this time a male, thinking cap. No more rookie mistakes. I was like, oh my God. It's time for me to introduce my future boyfriend to my best friend because I live in an episode of New Girl, I don't know. <laughs> so what I decided to do was introduce my very attractive heterosexual male love interest who was single. <laughs> to my very attractive female love interest who was also single. because I'm stupid. <laughs> or maybe just a slightly confused Cupid. But the thing is that these two get together, and in hindsight, I should have picked up on it. They had loads in common. For example, they both rejected me in the same Weatherspoons. <laughs> they looked eerily similar, like twin-cest fetish levels of similar, and they both studied photography, and they did that thing where... I don't know if you ever meet like creatives in London who, like listen to Tame Impala and like and like write letterbox reviews of A24 films like if you don't know who I'm talking about just picture a cunt <laughs> but they had loads in common and what's clear from that is I have a type having a type healthy these guys had a type themselves narcissism <laughs> but I wish they just told me they were narcissists you know just sit me down and go Nyonica it's not me it's you the problem with you is that you're not me simple but that's not what they did instead I got a lot of excuses a lot of Nyonica I just don't see you like that Nyonica you're amazing but we're just friends Nyonica I wish this would work but I'm just not a lesbian which is bullshit 2022 everyone's a lesbian <laughs> everybody in this room had a confusing Nala from the Lion King phase if any of you try to tell me you didn't do a corner of your chair clitter a blank when you first saw Ursula from The Little Mermaid, <laughs> I know you're lying to me. <laughs> we all fancy women. Actually, you say, you know what, as I've said that, I've heard those words leave my mouth. That's not true, is it? I'm being a bad ally. I'm erasing people who don't experience romantic attraction to women. Of course they exist. We see them every single day. They're amongst us. They're called straight men. <laughs> I feel, like, I feel like we all cottoned onto this theory a while ago that a lot of cisgender straight men actually don't enjoy the company of women. And then this theory was confirmed to me when I saw season two of Bridgerton. Has anyone here, has anyone here seen Bridgerton? Okay, excellent. For those of you who haven't, I'm going to give you a very quick recap. Basically, Bridgerton, it's about this man named Lord Bridgerton, and he is a gentleman. And we know this because he's always saying things like, I am a gentleman. <laughs> and this season, he has these sideburns that he shaves off because he is on the hunt for a wife. And on his hunt, he encounters this stunning, beautiful, foreign, exotic, extraterrestrial woman named Kate. Now, what you need to know about Bridgerton is it is set in the 1800s in Britain, a time when we used to literally shit in buckets and then throw said shit out of the window. But Kate isn't from England, so she does this weird foreign mystical thing called bathing with soap regularly. 
Now, poor Lord Bridgerton, he's never met anyone who doesn't smell like their own piss before. So he is completely bewitched by her and he starts staring at her and smelling her and drooling over her but not in like a creepy way because he's a gentleman (laughs) but then they fall in love and they get married and they live happily ever after and he is the best husband ever but then this is what Kieran said English people aren't romantic so all these journalists in Britain started writing these like think pieces saying is Anthony from Bridgerton setting unrealistic fantasies for women? And they were writing these think pieces. We've never seen such compassionate, affectionate behavior from on-screen husbands before. Now, if you've seen the show, you know that the behavior, groundbreaking behavior in question, is that in the last five minutes of the sh- series, he, like, occasionally smiles at his wife. <laughs> Which raised the question for me, why is Anthony from Bridgerton the first man to smile at his wife on television? So I do some Googling. It turns out that Anthony from Bridgerton is played by a gay man who's just grossly overestimating how much men like women. (laughs) He's just guessing. He's got no idea. But straight men don't make those acting choices, do they? Because they don't like us like that. (sighs) I went on a tangent, but the point of the tangent (laughs) and the story overall is that every single person you meet has a type, whether they're straight men, narcissistic photographers, everyone's got a type. (laughs) Everyone's got a preference, everyone's got a favorite flavor of ice cream, everyone's got their favorite Spice Girl, and there's nothing you can do about it. And the sooner we accept this, the sooner we stop getting our heart broken when we get rejected, right? So I have this 14-year-old cousin, and I'm like, hey, come here, listen, you're at the age now where you're gonna start getting your heart broken. Learn this mantra, say this with me. Everyone has their favorite Spice Girl. So if you're ever in a, like, a position where you feel <laughs> rejected, unwanted, romantically, professionally, academically, just say this to yourself. Close your eyes and say, everyone has a favorite Spice Girl. I'm just Posh Spice in a room full of Sporty Spice fans. It's Halloween. That does not mean my David Beckham isn't coming. I don't have to change anything about myself. Isn't that such an empowering thing to pass on to a young mind? Right? <laughs> That is what I thought she would say, but this 14-year-old little shit interrupts me and she goes, yeah, but Nyonika, what the fuck is a Spice Girl? (laughs) You guys, that's all from me. Thank you so much. How you doing? You good? Yes. So I've been uh, getting a nice little uh, dirty little habit recently. Loving a bit of trashy reality TV. Oh yeah. And my favourite show is Married at First Sight. Oh, it got some split the room, hasn't it? We've got some fans in the room. At first I thought it'd be just me. Uh, I have I have have gone into a room once and said and and said that and then just got silence. So it was a bit of a bad sign, but yeah. Um, I got into it uh, last season, quite late, um, when they had the first ever gay male couple, Daniel and Matt, and they were the cutest. And as I saw them at the altar, moments after meeting, promising to spend the rest of their lives together, I thought, amateurs, us lesbians have been doing this for years. <laughs> if it was a lesbian show, it would be called Married at First... Oh, there they are. <laughs> 
strange, you actually do have lesbians on this show, this one, this season now, and guess what they're arguing over? Which one's gonna turn the other one vegan? It's ridiculous. It's strange, because uh, when you first, when it first come out, it actually can be really hard to meet people. I mean, for me, trying to find my first relationship was like trying to find an entry-level job. You know, I'd go up to people and go, hey, am I what you're looking for? And they'd go, no, I'm looking for someone with experience. <laughs> this is kind of audible sound of pity just came from that side of the room. <laughs> but yeah, you know, so, uh, because back then it was less, um, you know, safe to be gay than it is now, so people get quite cagey about newbies. You know, I remember when I first went out and some people would say things to me like, how do you know you're not experimenting before you go back to guys? And I'm like, I don't know. How do you prove you're a lesbian before you've been with one? What do they expect me to do? Shave my head? Move to Brighton? Open a hardware store that sells dildos? It's ridiculous. So, um, you know, but other, one of the things that's quite unusual is the fact that once you actually get your name established on the scene, people get to know you, it's a, like a total 180. I mean, it's intense. I mean, picture this, you know, you're at a club, you're having a bit of a dance, you see someone you like, have a few drinks, one thing leads to another, she stays over, but if she's not gone by Sunday, you've got yourself a girlfriend. <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> it's like, oh my God! <laughs> If you don't want one, you better send her out to the corner shop for some milk, then move house. <laughs> What's this happening? That said, you know, when I met the person that was right for me, oh, it was wonderful. And they say that being with someone's great because of the love and the companionship and going on holidays together. But I'll tell you the real best thing about being in a relationship, it's not having to lie to your work colleagues about your weekends. God, I used to hate, when I was single, I used to hate, you know that Monday morning office chat? You know, just picture it now. You're in the, it's a Monday morning, you're in the break room, boss shows up, and they're always like, good morning! Like, it's a bit too chirpy, aren't they? And, uh, and I'm like, oh, yeah, good morning! Please don't ask me, please don't ask me. And then I'm like, suddenly it falls silent. You know what's coming, can't get away to make the tea. You know what she's going to ask you? So, how was your week? And I'm like, no! I mean, I can't be honest now, can I? I mean, what am I going to say? Oh, well, I got stood up after on Saturday night by someone I really liked. So I spent Sunday looking at my ex's holiday photos. <laughs> drinking vodka and cry-wanking. <laughs> How was yours? <laughs> So yeah, after that, I can, uh, uh, I'm happy to say that I put a ring on it. Yes! Yeah, very happy about that. And uh, one thing I can confidently say after our big day is that I think us in the LGBTQ community, I think we make the best wedding planners. Because it's a bit new to us, you know? So we still get a bit excited about it, you know? It's like it's a bit of a win. You know, there's nothing quite like drinking Prosecco or eating a goat's cheese tart. <laughs> and thinking, this is what the protests were for. Who knew the taste of victory was Tesco's finest? <laughs> when the day was done, went to the place that we all went to go to to make things official. Social media. Oh, 
I was so smug about it, I updated my relationship status on Facebook, Instagram, and Uber. <laughs> so, yeah, and so, uh, one thing I can confidently say about what's this interesting about being uh, married is the, uh, it's how, sometimes you get a bit of a rut and you don't realise until you get a signal from the world. You know, I was on a website for a sex shop this morning, you know, and uh, I, I got my card got declined. I was buying this thing. And uh, I thought it was a bit weird. Next thing you know, I get a text message from NatWest Bank's fraud department <laughs> asking me if it was a genuine transaction. Rude. Now, I've been called vanilla before. But just not by one of the UK's leading financial <laughs> institutions. Yeah, so, uh, but you know, that, you know, that, you know, I could see why they uh, thought that because um, you know, when I looked at my, imagine they probably looked at my purchase history and thought, mm, let's have a look. John Lewis, Waitrose. John Lewis, Waitrose. Madam Gigglespank Palace. John Lewis. <laughs> Wait, what? Ooh, Helena. Didn't think you had it in you. So, yeah, um, uh, we've also been, uh, I find we've been house hunting, which is always uh, very exciting. And that's quite a weird experience, isn't it? Because, you know, whether you're looking to buy, looking to rent or whatever, you know, you go looking on your right moves and your zooplas, and those houses are never as big as they look in those pictures, are they? Like, has anyone here ever shown up at a viewing and realised that they've been the victim of a good photographer. <laughs> you know, you know those photos in particular, the ones that they look like they shot from the top corner of a room? Who takes those? <laughs> Spider-Man. You know, I've never rocked up so and gone, well, when I walked in, it looked small. <laughs> but now I've gaffer taped myself to the ceiling. <laughs> I could see why you called it a master bedroom. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, it's weird when you start, you know, living, living with somebody and you'd think that, you know, when you get somewhere together, you'd celebrate it, you know, with some kind of like, you know, lovely night out or something like that. But the first thing you end up doing is kind of judging the way that your partner does chores. And, uh, I mean, here's a case of a point, point. I realised that my wife doesn't know how to fit a duvet cover. <laughs> mm? Because you know there's two types of duvet fitters in this world, yeah? You know which tribe you belong to. There's the normal people. The ones that get the duvet cover inside out, drag the, drag the two corners, shimmy it over, do the job. Yes! Let's hear it for those people, yes. But then there's the rest of you. The ones that climb inside the duvet cover, holding two corners of the duvet in each hand. Then what do you do? You start flailing your arms around, trying to make it fit from the inside. What are you doing? That's like trying to sort out the underwear drawer while you are in the underwear drawer. So, uh, yeah, I've got some... Uh, now I'm a suburban wife. I've got some hobbies befitting to my station in life. Gardening, planning dinner parties, spying on my neighbours. 
And it's easy to do that now because I've got an app called Nextdoor. Has anybody on on Nextdoor? Oh, that is the correct sound of utter horror because it's got an interesting little motto, yeah? When neighbours start talking, good things happen. Hmm. Now, I want to take issue with the word good because the first thing you know is on there, when you get on there, is all the weirdos that live right around the corner from you. I mean, case in point, uh, this guy uh, gets in touch with me out of nowhere and he asks me, whether I'd be interested in his services. I thought, hmm, fair question. So I asked him what trade he's in, and he says, I'm a ghost hunter. <laughs> and I'm like, no normal person has ever seen a ghost. You know, you never get like a builder or a nurse who's seen a ghost. So it's somebody with a side hustle in legal highs. You know, so something absolutely ridiculous. So I'm like, hold on. So he's here, you know, yammering on, telling me that how you could exercise all these evil spirits from my house. And I say, hmm, hold a second. Did you really perform a ghost sighting? Or did you just look through the window and see my wife trying to fit a duvet cover? (laughs) Thank you! Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's me, Kima B, letting you know that if you like listening to us fuck it up in your house, if you like listening to us fuck it up in your car or on your train, you will absolutely love being in the room where it happens. We usually record our episodes in London in front of a live audience. And let me tell you, it's one of the most beautiful audiences I've ever seen. And I would love for you to join us. For more info, check out Fuck It Up Comedy on Insta or Twitter or go to fuckitupcomedy.com. Okay, guys, it's time to switch gears. It's time to chat, okay? You've heard them do some stand-up. Now, let's hear them do a bit of sit-down. Please welcome back to the stage. I know, it's so cheesy, isn't it? Please welcome back to the stage, Nayanika Gash, Helena Blackwell, and Kim Zago! Welcome. Um, Hey. Hey. Hi, hi. Sorry, I got your backs against the wall and stuff. Do you feel like a prisoner? Yeah, a... I feel pretty free. I'm pretty, pretty good. Good, good. I'm glad that you guys are here. Like, thank you for coming. Thank you for your time, your talent, your energy, your gorgeousness, honestly. Um, I wanted to ask you, Ij, how did you guys get into comedy? How did you find yourself here today speaking to these people? <laughs> They're gorgeous, but why are you talking to them? 
Well, um, I've had a couple of ways in. Um, one of them, I, um, I did a course. Well, I did, I did a Toastmasters. You know the, the thing called Toastmasters? What it? is that? It's like uh, you, when you do like, public speaking and they have like, this 12-week program. Oh, um, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got to the end of it and I thought, yeah, this is, this is cool, but I wanted to feel a bit more excited. <laughs> yeah, but what is the thing with the Toastmasters? Like, when you graduate, everyone's like, all right, we send you off to all the events in the world. No, and they don't. No, no, no. You just get, like, a, a, you get a little sort of a piece slice of paper of that says that you can talk. Uh, and then you go, and, and then you just go home. Could that, like, help, could that help you at your job? Yes. That's why I did it. Brilliant. <laughs> nice. I was like, how did you end up in that course? Because it sounds like, to me, like Toastmasters, like they train you all up and then they're like, all right, go to unsuspecting weddings. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got, I got no wedding gigs, no. <laughs> I kind of thought it was like Bake Off. Bake <laughs> <laughs> some toast. But for toast. toast. Yeah. Do you imagine? That's actually what that show, Toast of London, is. It's a show where they find the best toast in London. So, and Matt Berry hosts it. Um, that's wild. So you did the the Toastmasters yeah, thing, yeah, I did, and I did then that. you were like, but yeah. So I um, I did this course, and I, then I thought, but I thought what I'd do is I would get to the end of it, but I won't do the showcase, this kind of thing where you talk, where you uh, performed to a small group of people at the end. Okay. I decided I didn't want to do that because I was just in it for the presenting and learning how to be better at presenting at work. That was it. Can I ask if you did the end bit, like what were the speeches about? Well, um, I this was just for this was the this was for the comedy course. Oh, I thought you were yeah, talking yeah, yeah. about. I just jumped onto that. Yeah, you did. So, Brilliant. so yeah, basically, I got to the end of this course, uh, and then I decided I, I was pressed the last minute. The person who was running it said, "Go on, just do do the showcase at the end." Yeah. Uh, and then I did it, and I loved it. The rest is history. And Honestly, like, oh seeing you uh, perform and like connect to the audience and stuff, and how you vibe. Like I remember, I saw you a couple of years ago um, when you did "Fuck It Up." Oh yeah, and that was like one of my first ever gigs. Yeah, it was like the, the beginning of your journey, and. Uh, let me tell you, friend, the fucking growth. You are impeccable tonight. Well, well done, well done, yeah. Um, Nyanika, how did you find yourself doing this nonsense? I know you make film as well. That's exactly how I got into it. So I occasionally make very pretentious short films. And the first like, time I was screening a short film was at the Barbican. And I knew the film was like, there was going to be like a and a afterwards. So I was like, I need to find a way to make it seem like I don't take the pretentious stuff too seriously. Mm. So I'd been, like, preparing, like, non-pretentious funny answers. And I kept, like, doing that over and over again. And when I got there, because it was, like, a very serious event, people were, like, disarmed by, like, trying to be silly. So they were laughing more than anyone would at, like, a comedy gig. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, like, I was so addicted to, like, that feeling. And so after the screening, everyone Because like, if you guys don't know, I want to say, the thing about the, how people are at a comedy gig, sometimes there's very much this vibe of, like, Okay, clown. <laughs> and it's just this, like, cross arm. Do you know what I mean? Where people yes. are like, prove to me. And I think it's a, it's a weird energy that, like, yeah, you run into here and there. And I get in the position, when you come across that energy that, all right, prove it to me. Prove to me you're funny. I kind of go the opposite way where I'm just like, actually, you maybe don't I don't want this. to. Yeah. I was like, do you know what? When people put me in a position to impress them, I refuse. How's that? Now we've both had a bad gig. <laughs> Yeah. Exactly, so you bought a ticket, like, be joyful. Have fun. 
But yeah, so uh, you were basically trying to unstuffy uh, yes. a quite serious feeling thing. Yes. And so the, it just start, That was that like your first gig? Well, I guess. So after the screening, everyone was like, oh, how did you feel about people asking you such insightful questions about your art? And the only thing I could like think about was like people were laughing. So I was like, I should chase whatever that feeling up was <laughs> again and try again. So then when I got to uni, I was like, okay, I need to recreate screening feeling. Yeah, that chase was... that high, baby. <laughs> we're all just chasing highs in life. The first kiss, the birth of a child. <laughs> A room full of strangers giggling. Mm. Um, wow, well, I love that. I want to say as well, like, um, we were here, so you uh, work at this venue sometimes, and we were here, and we did the show, and you slid in my DMs, and you were like, hey, girl, I do comedy. Um, if you got, like, uh, space and shit. And I was like, okay, shit. And then I checked it out, and I was like, okay, you do do comedy. And let me tell you, you also were very fire today. So well done, Annika. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is, if y'all want to do something and you know whose DMs to slide in, get to slide in, uh, but in like a non-sexual way. Um, no, like, so I do work here. I work here, like cleaning away furniture and like having acts yell at you. So today I feel like Cinderella's gone to the wall. I'm like, oh, oh, honey, oh, honey, if you are not the pumpkin, the princess, and the ball itself. Kima is the fairy godmother. I don't know what in the name of Pose just jumped into me. <laughs> like tens, tens across your existence. <laughs> can, can I ask, like, how did you end up uh, doing this? And how did you end up in this nation? Oh, oh, oh. Okay, well, that's about, first of all, this is really cool. Thank you for having me. Hey, I thanks feel like for I'm being here, like, dude. You're fucking sick. I feel like I'm at Vin Venice Film Fest. <laughs> I'm like and Harry how Styles. How do you feel about yeah. the having people? People critique your art. Um, my yeah. favorite thing about comedy is it feels like comedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Harry yeah, Styles yeah, yeah. reference. No, Sorry. Spit, I don't know. No, you have to spit on my lap uh, or whatever. Yeah, yeah hap happily. Um, what? We're not flirting. Um, yeah, yeah. Are we? Yeah. So. <laughs> Sorry. Um, how I ended up in this country? I'm, I'm a dual citizen. My parents are from from London. Mm. Uh, and I'm, by London, I mean, like, immigrant London. <laughs> like, I say, like, West London sometimes, and people are like, bougie, and I'm like, Heathrow Airport. <laughs> like, that's, like, that's it. Um, uh, so, yeah, but I was born there, and I think, to be honest, I think that they just knew I wasn't smart enough to get a scholarship for university. <laughs> They didn't want to spend their life savings sending like their stupid child to it liberal arts college. Yeah. So yeah, education's cheaper here. That's honestly it. But in my mind, I was like, I'm going to the big city. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, this is my moment. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, to yeah. be honest, comedy wise, I feel like I didn't know that that was like a thing you could do for a long time. Mm. But I always really liked, I always loved watching comedians and like thought it was really cool. I, I just like making people laugh. And chasing wow. that high, as wow. you said. Yeah. Just such a good person walking around society, just doling out little packets of joy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm altruistic, yeah. That's just me. I'm innocent. I hate attention. I love just giving people the gift of laughter. <laughs> it's generous, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I basically was like, I always knew that was something I wanted to do. And I would just like be on Wikipedias of all my favorite like comedy writers and producers mm. and stuff. And at some point it would be like, did stand-up comedy at this point. And I was like, okay, 
I got to do that. Whoa. <laughs> so, so you worked yourself backwards in a research route. Yeah. That's yeah. fascinating. That's very type A of me. I get that. Yeah. yeah I love yeah. that. I'm a Capricorn. <laughs> so yeah. Is, yeah. No, but I was the same, and I'm also a Capricorn, where I was hey. like, there was this time on a tradition of like really good actors who were also like razor sharp stand and it's like exactly yeah. the same reason. Mm. Yeah. Well, what's interesting, I think, about uh, stand up as an industry is I feel like um, there's so many, uh, it feels very umbrella y, if that makes sense. So there's so many things that you can do with these skills. Mm. Um, yeah, and maybe it's being the best Toastmaster of all time. <laughs> like, who knows? It's being... I used to have, like, stage fright. I don't know if you mm. had that, but I genuinely used to be, like, one of the worst people to present in a yeah, class. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, I, I used to have, like, uh, quite horrible speech impediment as a kid as well. Uh, oh, my God, yeah. same. Yeah, lazy tongue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> not. You guys are... <laughs> yeah, this is turning out to be a therapy session now. <laughs> no, but I think I said lazy tongue and I could hear some of them and they're too horny. So. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so wild, that kind of, like, flip of thing, though. Were you, like, show school kid? Yes, but I did, like... My thing was, like, my school friends are here today and I had a whole thing of, like, if something would happen on the television... I would, and like, because obviously the thing about England is Disney Channel is a paid channel, so you have people who yes. didn't have Disney Channel. So I'd come into school and like give them a recap of what was happening. <laughs> <laughs> wow! So like that was a lunchtime thing I like to do, but like school and stuff, I'd never like raise my hand. Okay, that's fucking sick. <laughs> that's First of all, look at this. Yeah, give him to the community, helping bridge the gap. You miss Hannah Montana. You need to know. Yes. Oh, because I remember, I remember going. I think it was like third grade or whatever. Um, and that's so Raven had just came out, and I didn't have cable. My parents went together. My dad had cable, and my mom didn't. And I was at my mom's house, and everyone was talking about the first episode of That's So Raven. And they were talking. There was a peeing iguana in the episode, which was so confusing to me. I had no context, and I was just like, "Ha ha, iguana pizza merch," and I lied. I lied because there was no one like you there. Thank you for what you do for the community. <laughs> wow, I think we found the best person on earth. Um, <laughs> um, y'all single, y'all fucking was good. Ooh. Yeah, just a sharp Hi. left turn, sharp left what turn. What about you? What's your story? Uh, me right now, uh, currently dry, trying to wet it up, not sure about the best way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I think yeah. this is so not the time. This is not the time to say this. Yeah, great. It's like, what? it's a bit wild, though. I, no, I'm not going to What is it not? Like, what the hell? Why did I, I do this? Why have I done this? No, no, no. I think that you know a dealer I had back in the day. Mm. Oh, my God. Me? Mm. Um, here in this country? Yeah. Great. Ali? Yeah. Because, yeah, because, yeah. He's like, a friend of mine does stand-up comedy. She's pretty good. And I was like, That's oh, who is so that? so funny. And then, and then it was you. Ali, oh. Ali on the east coast of town? I think he was west at the time. Okay, we'll talk. Uh, I'm sorry. That's so fun. I would say the only perk. So I've had a, like, on-again, off-again relationship with marijuana. Um, I think she's, like, a beautiful gift that the earth grows. And I think uh, that we, as people, can do great things with her, but we can also abuse her horribly. Um, and I just want to so make true. sure I'm on the right side of my own history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And, so we no longer have a relationship for that reason, too. Um, yeah. But I just get better weed now. Oh, one day. I don't think this is a day, because we don't have the time, but one day we'll have yeah, like yeah, a full-on yeah. weed panel. Yeah, um, it's just tough in this nation, because it's all alleged... Um, and I allegedly something, allegedly. something, something, allegedly, blah, 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 blah. Um, but I remember uh, the only, like, perks that have come out of me doing, like, comedy or anything, uh, weed-wise, is that my guy started coming on time. He was, <laughs> he was like, babes, I was watching TV and that, and I saw you, and I was like, whoa. And I was like, yeah. yeah. And so it just shows up when he says he will. There's no discount. Um, <laughs> Nothing special, just on time. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, guys. Oh, actually, so you're married. Helena, you're married. I am. And Nyanika, I met your boo. The white boy, yes. Oh, God, we don't even have time to get into white boys, do we? Um, Just as a phenomenon, an epidemic. (laughs) They're an epidemic. And somehow I keep fucking them, and I just don't know what that is. Okay, so, um, Helena, marriage is new. When, when did you guys meet, though? Oh, we met a while ago, hmm. back in uh, 2013. A friend of ours uh, set us up. Ooh. Yeah. Old, old style. Yeah. First of all, my friends need to get on it immediately. <laughs> no, no results friend, from these right, people. Friend, right, She's got sort of two marriages and, two, and three babies to her name. What? <laughs> Let me meet this bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I might literally say, get, 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 get you to... to yeah. Her, because she's pretty good. Legendary. <laughs> um, how long have you been uh, romanticing? This Monday is three years. Three years! But, but like, lo- just before lockdown, so like 20 of those months of the three years were apart. Three years. Sorry, I just, I, I'm caught um, 40 seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what happened was... My two friends got together. I was really heartbroken. And I was like, it's okay, everyone's got a type. I'm resigning myself to being no one's type. And then I met him like the week later. Mm. <laughs> I was like, I'm giving up. And then there he was. Does, uh, do you think there's something in that, that um, not resignation, but that kind of release? I do think so. Because like, yeah. I was like, it's okay, from now on, I'm just like one night stands. But then like, see, two nights. I was slightly different. I was 100% looking. Mm. <laughs> I was like, where is she? Where is she? Where is she? Where is she? Yeah, found her. Uh, <laughs> Intention. Um, yeah, I, I don't really have a middle way. I'm like totally off, totally on. Yeah, I know what you mean. Oh God, sorry. I'm, I'm really just off. Trying not to make this turn into therapy. Okay, so. <laughs> Um, <laughs> guys, thank you so much for being here. We're going to have to wrap up. Thank A round you. of applause for the acting scene! There will be many things that you heard about allegedly in this podcast and just know that, you know, without hard evidence, uh, you can't prove them. Uh, I've never seen or heard of weed in my life. Uh, allegedly, but also not allegedly. Um, <laughs> as always, the incredible comics that you've heard all have projects that you can enjoy and support. And again, today we were joined by Kieran Sagu, Nyanika Ghosh, and Helena Blackwell. Uh, and if you've enjoyed them, which I know you did, go ahead and follow them online and uh, check out their shit, man. They're out there making stuff, man. Go ahead and enjoy that. Uh, if you enjoyed this, thank you for listening. Like, I really appreciate 
appreciate it. Um, I I saw I was looking at some stats and we've almost reached twenty thousand downloads, which is so cool because we're like seventeen weeks old. I think that's so sick. So thank you so much for listening and being part of our like growth and our journey and stuff. Oh my god! Um, as always, uh, the fuck it up podcast is brought to you by the Films of Color Comedy Club, the House of the Guilty Feminists, and is a part of the ACAST Creator Network. Uh, and I've been Kima Bob, and you've been incredible. So thank you for being with us. Bye. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., 